0: Friends and welcome to World Build with us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and today I'm joined by my co-host Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, I'd like to thank Kaiser for sending in this week's prompt, which sounds like this: The world has died in an apocalypse scenario. You'll come up with that. Humanity has escaped on several high-speed, weaponized cities on rails, battle trains. You will design one of these trains. Remember, humanity is in your hands. Do them well. And the outside world is deadly. Extra notes. There is no magic. There are only humans, so no dwarves or giant aphids, thankfully. And apart from the apocalypse scenario, you are confined to the train with hard physics in the world. Now, Kaiser, thank you so much for submitting this world building prompt because it is a really inherently cool scenario. There is one caveat that I kind of want to get off. I'm not sure how hard physics we're going to be with this because none of us are really physicists and none of us are really too keen on the science bit. So we're going to try and hold ourselves to some level of hard-ish science. But if we go off the rails, <laughs> then that's, that's just how it's going to have to be. And before we get into today's episode with our tenets, I would just like to remind you that if you want to submit a world building prompt to us, you can always do so by sending in an email at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com and we can build your world with you. So where are we going to start today? Courtney, what is one of the first tenets of Battle Train World that you want to get started here?
1: All right. So um, speaking of just getting off the rails right away, um, based on the prompts, uh, inclusion of like constant movement, high speed uh, rail, like trains, um, and also the weaponization factor, I was thinking that that's necessary for survival because something is seeking out these trains or is drawn to them in some way in the mm-hmm. environment. So. Um, I mean, I know you said giant aphids are, are not going to be included, but what about like giant mosquitoes that are seeking them out? Like seeking out the carbon dioxide or I don't know, vampires, um, something, something akin to that.
0: Okay. So, uh, I do, I do want to stick to the no magic thing. And I think that vampires are yeah. pretty inherently magical, I guess,
1: mm-hmm. I guess, um, the
0: undead
2: and the afterlife, I think, are supernatural.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so there's no zombie train scenario that we can kind of get into I here.
2: <laughs> I, However, I am interested in the in the giant creatures. I would mm. caution against giant insects because I believe, from a physics standpoint, that's a problem. Oh yeah,
1: they would just like <laughs> they would collapse in on
2: yeah. themselves. Particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they would
1: implode. Yeah. Well, maybe it could have
0: something to do with my tenet as well because mine is actually kind of similar to yours. I was similar to Courtney. I was thinking that there's got to be something that necessitates people keep moving. You know, what like what keeps people moving? Why do they have to keep moving? And my tenet was there are massive rainless lightning storms. Think of like the giant uh, hell storms from Mad Max Fury Road that are the reason that people have to keep moving because they are constant and hellacious always. And the lightning itself is actually going to be the power source for the rails themselves. So the rails are also act as like conductors that also charge the trains as they keep moving. That's one of the ideas that I had. And maybe we can kind of tie the two together, Courtney, and figure out something that works along those lines.
1: Yeah, I really like that idea. Um, That was actually gonna be my other tenant of having to do with the the power source but that's fine that's cool
0: Um, what do you what do you mean what what part about it
1: oh just that like the source of power um because they're constantly on the move has to be some from something sustainable um one of it was one of my ideas was like magnetized rails of some sort Mm -hmm. but i feel like your your lightning strikes on the rails are a really cool idea
0: yeah because i don't think like gravlev uh gravlev trains are necessarily going to be like I don't think that they're going to survive an apocalypse scenario, you know, but, but I think like having magnetized or, or, or lightning enabled rails is probably Mm. a good way to do it, to kind of get rid of it.
1: Yeah. That is very cool. I like that a lot.
0: Plus it's sustainable. So it, Mm. it, so it's, it's a matter of like, okay, sometimes trains have to slow down and repair rails, but that's Mm. like really just about it. There's, there's some justification for, we can hop out, repair this piece of the track real quick
2: and keep it moving, you know?
1: Yeah. I wonder
2: too if, um like you guys were talking about what ways to merge the two concepts, if perhaps those storms are somehow alive, since Courtney was looking for mm. um, a beast-like antagonist?
1: <laughs> like a mm. hunter of some sort, Yeah,
2: so there's
0: an intelligence to the storms in some way, correct?
2: Yeah, because like she was suggesting giant mosquitoes pursuing them. I really like the idea of like <laughs> hell storms that are lightning, and they also power the rails. But what if, like, there's some sentience in the storms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See again, uh, I, I am trying to respect the prompt that we were given, and I want to try and not think about magic because, again, that's well, that
2: doesn't have to be magic. It yeah, that's right. I mean. It could be scientific. You know, it could be a living creature that was created, perhaps as a result of whatever post-apocalypse happened.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Okay. 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 With with hard physics in mind. How are we getting kaiju that bring like (laughs) giant electric storms into this? Because that is, that's something that that we'd have to reconcile here. I'm not against.
2: Distributed intelligence. Distributed intelligence. There's something that's been unleashed into the atmosphere.
1: Like a high-bind kind of thing. Or, I mean,
2: it could be. But what I mean is Hmm. like, um, it's like, you know how you have like some creatures that are merely just nervous systems like maybe mm-hmm. there's like a nervous system in the sky that's developed and it's semi-sentient. Why am I thinking of jellyfish? I was just thinking yes. that of like, That's
1: what I'm thinking. <laughs> We've got okay. jellyfish in the sky.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, all right, we're going to... All right, all right, all right. We will make this one exception. We have to stick to the rest of the prompt, but we can make storm jellyfish a thing. And that is the reason <laughs> that... The electrical storms exist. And also that is what's chasing humanity down. I'm okay with that. It's
1: beautiful. We
0: mm-hmm. cannot, we've bent. We've all, we are literally two prompts or we're two tenants in and we're already bending to the point where it looks like, okay, we're, we're very close to going off the rails. So I mean, it's, trying it's not to our it. job
2: to figure out how the hard science works for that. I mean, it's possible. <laughs>
0: Daniel, what's your next tenet? So we can go ahead and and please, Daniel, please don't snap
2: the already bent premise that we've got going on here. But what's your what's your tenet, Daniel? What do we got? Um, One tenet I had was um, that there was remnants of whatever weapons were used in the apocalypse or the apocalypse war that happened or disaster. So, the trains have been outfitted with the remnants of those weapons, and they serve as like deterrents in the sense of like uh, mutually assured destruction on each train. Are you saying that there's nukes on these trains, Daniel? Preferably not nukes because that's boring. (laughs) Okay. What
1: about about biological weapons? Oh, yeah. Those are always fun. (laughs)
0: Those are always terrifying, though. It also. Are are you are you talking about the giant jellyfish that we just made? Because maybe that's
2: biological it's derived order. from it. Yeah, maybe it's derived from that.
0: Oh yeah. Interesting. In in what sense, Daniel?
2: Like if if like the okay, so if whatever happened created this this entity in the sky that that that's a scientific offshoot of whatever war they had, perhaps like there's aspects of it that have been um, salvaged from the war from the remnants of the war and outfitted into the trains so like for example maybe one train has like some kind of emp pulse or something that's derived from the technology that accidentally created the sky jellyfish
0: Mm. maybe this is a good time to go into the apocalypse scenario because kaiser asked us to come up with like how humanity has essentially died out or essentially, or why we're in, a, we're in an apocalypse scenario as it is.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: maybe we can figure that out. And with that in mind, we can then create some kind of weapon that go, that go along with the apocalypse that we've created.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree with Daniel. I don't think we should do nukes or anything like that because that is kind of standard and kind of boring. So what is the apocalypse scenario that we're dealing with? We could do something like climate change, where we just ignore it to the point where it like absolutely demolishes us. We could do something else. What, what are we thinking about here?
2: I mean, it's, it sounds like we. It sounds like if it has to do with the atmosphere, we might have been trying to fix the environment and have fucked it up worse. Hey, that sounds
0: more like something we could do. Okay, right. Mm. Um, like
1: the what is it? The geoengineering type stuff that's been tossed around lately
0: like terraforming
1: or ideas of um doing like manipulating the atmosphere in such a way that for Mm -hmm. example not as much um sunlight can penetrate and warm the world
2: oh that would explain a dark um a lightning filled (laughs) Mm -hmm. atmosphere
1: yeah
0: all right um i i like where we're going with this can we have it so that the world has been desiccated. Yeah. So, so oh, yeah. there's no water anymore.
1: Ooh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Or like minimal. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, I, I, I was trying to figure out what uh, what people were going to be fighting over, you know, because they're, they're battle trains. They've got to be fighting over resources, but they have perpetual movement. So that's not an issue. And I think food is a little bit too too basic unless we're going full cannibals. So I think having water as a resource to fight over is actually something that's is that's interesting and would explain and fits into the world. And we can
2: tie it into the apocalypse scenario as well.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think
2: um that's kind of mad maxi, so that, that could work.
1: Mm-hmm. I, well, yeah,
0: exactly. You don't want to become too over reliant on water. I mean you you don't want to get addicted to it. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, you don't like
1: that. It's the worst. <laughs>
0: I, I believe and trust in a Morton Joe when he says those things to me. I forgot that he
2: said that. That's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Um also uh what is it? The the when the oceans are just a giant salt flat. Like that's a really cool thing that we can yeah. kind of put around with too.
2: Yeah. I like that too. Man. Um
0: okay. All right, all right. So we've got the apocalypse scenario is we've we we tried to and this is going to be future tech, so it is going to be physics are involved, but again, we've got to bend a little bit because we're not too familiar with the science. but we're going to say that in some regard, we tried to fix the atmosphere and as a result, just catastrophic uh, just catastrophic failure. and we have now desiccated the majority of the world where
2: water is the rarest resource that we can get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of semi-Martian landscape. You know? That's what it seems like.
1: Yeah. There's extremes.
0: When I was looking up, like, lightning storms and stuff like that, there are planets that have, like massive mm-hmm. lightning dust storms mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's like mad max that could totally work yeah
2: that's this what i was saying like yeah. when you when you have um planets who's like uh like venus is probably the best example but like when you have planets where the the extremes go swings from one to the other you have all kinds of crazy um you know weather effects absolutely yeah. this is also
1: yeah. making me think of um the black blizzards that occurred during the dust bowl period in the united oh, states yeah. when Um, Basically the landscape had been like overworked um, for farmland and pasture land. And because of that, um, the wind was able to sweep up just all of this dust and basically create literally like black blizzards where the sky would just become black with all the dirt in it.
0: I think you were, I think you recommended me that book, the, the, the The
1: worst hard times. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent book. Yeah.
0: That, that is, yeah. I strongly recommend the worst hard times. It's a great book. Also horrifying because there are accounts of like babies essentially being suffocated to death because of the dust storms. Like that's how heavy the dust and soot or not soot, but the dust was in those storms, like enough to fill your lungs. And that is just unbelievably horrifying. So we should have something that's like that here as well. That's a good point. That's a good reference, Courtney. Mm. All right, so we've got the apocalypse scenario. So what are we going to do with the weapons? Like, are they atmospheric manipulating weapons? I don't think that necessarily works for me, but maybe we could figure out something along those lines. Like, do they have, like desiccator rays i don't think that's the thing that i mean happen.
2: they can all be derived from whatever concepts would be useful in trying to change the atmosphere or trying to change our environment environmental conditions so like one example could be um dealing with extreme heat or cold so perhaps you know it was in, uh, there's a tool there was a device that's part of the system that was meant to like um have a survive in environments that have been irreparably like damaged in one direction. And now they're using those devices for the opposite effect. So, like, maybe it's meant to stop extreme cold. But the way that it does that is by generating heat. And so now that's a weapon they can use on a train.
0: Now we've – okay. I'm so fucking down for this because now we just got fucking flamethrower, doof yep. warrior motherfucking <laughs> oh on the God. train. Yeah, exactly. I'm so with this. Yeah. And they probably Absolutely. don't really know how to
2: use it because these people, like, they're not climate scientists. These are, this is the dregs of society who survived.
0: So yeah, they're yeah. cobbling together whatever like whatever they can right. and using it for whatever purpose however twisted they can get their hands yeah
2: yeah Mm -hmm. i mean and they probably like have killed a lot of their own people trying to turn these things on or use them properly like i could imagine a lot of radioactive you know equipment that was like perhaps the equipment was part of a larger device and they pulled out a radioactive core or like you know it's it's something that was supposed to be hooked up to a system that regulates the power and it's just out of control you know
0: I I think that's where you're going to start getting like weird twisted landscapes as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. So, so, okay. So we've got some weird like repurposed tech that is perhaps being used wrong. I like that. Mm. Um, Can can we also talk about one other thing that I'm actually really curious about? I want to see if anyone else brought this up as a tenant, but how do the battles work exactly? Because they're on rails. So Mm -hmm. it's obviously going to have to be, like, the front and the back are going to have to be the most well-defended parts of the train, right? So I imagine that no matter what train you're on, the center of the train is probably going to be the rich part because it's going to be, inherently, it's going to be the safest part, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Also, like, other questions um, (laughs) around the whole situation. Um, In his description, didn't he say the trains are, like, they carry people's
1: cities? Cities on rails, yeah.
0: I, I imagine that just meant there. That's where the majority of the population is. I I basically approach this as Snowpiercer, but not uh-huh. like like our version of Snowpiercer, but different. You know what I mean? So
2: the the reason why I ask that question is because are we talking about literal trains or are we talking about some kind of train that we devised? I don't know. Sixty years from now. That's meant, that's meant to be mass produced around the world to replace like uh, the whole driving ecosystem we oh, have yeah. in order to save the environment. So these aren't necessarily long, windy trains with multiple cars attached to them. Are they something else?
1: So that was actually one of the other ideas that I I'd had, that maybe trains in this setting can take on sort of abnormal shapes, like... Um, When you think of um, seafaring ships, you know, you've got, like, small fishing vessels all the way up to cruise liners and Mm -hmm. gunboats and aircraft carriers. Like, what if there's that level of variety in whatever these trains are like, i like that yeah yeah,
0: yeah I'm, I'm i'm very excited about that type of idea as well mm. yeah
1: because like why did these tra- so if these trains are
2: everywhere and there are primary means of traveling prior to the apocalypse we must have had a reason for building them and i'm guessing it was to i don't know reduce our carbon imp- uh, imp- uh, imp- uh what do you call it reduce our carbon footprint mm. or perhaps like um get rid of an insane traffic situation we have and like change the way cities were Right. Mm.
0: See, I don't necessarily see them as a relic of the old. I see them as like an an interstitial technology that's necessary. You know, like these, I see it as like these trains were built as, oh shit, humanity is dying. We have massive dust electric storms. How can we fix this? You know, I, I don't see it as, oh, this is what we were using beforehand. Although maybe we can kind of combine the two ideas and have it so... Massive rail projects were already underway, uh, you know, as, as Daniel said to try and reduce emissions and whatnot, but then they transformed into these city and people movers as a result of
2: mm-hmm. the absolute collapse of the ecos or the atmosphere. I mean, you could, yeah. you could have a, basically the middle ground could be that like you're saying, those projects were starting and it was a solution, but during the apocalypse, that's when they really put them into production and changed their, their purposes. Right. Because, Everything was collapsing, the environment was being destroyed. And so they're like, "Okay, well, we can turn this train into like um some kind of like sea sea submarine thing, or we could turn this train into a mountain crawling um, thing as well. you know, so they made massive adjustments to the plans and then also cobbled weapons onto them based on what they had left from the disaster. you know, so like just to your point, it's like it's an evolution as they were developing them and deploying them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that what probably ended up happening is that the first thing that they wanted to figure out was how food is, is kind of taken care of. Right. And I think food is probably one of the biggest things. And that's actually something that we can talk about with water, because how do you have food without water? Right. And I think that's probably what, and each, each train in each city essentially is we need water to survive because without water, we have no food. Also, we need water to live in general. But I think water is, is, is going to be the big thing when it comes to, um, like, feeding people. Without water, people are starving, you know, because I imagine that these trains are, re- are relying on, like,
2: hydroponics to a certain extent, right? Maybe the trains, maybe there's two things. Maybe the trains, like, receive power, right, from the storms. But the trains themselves, each of them has like um, a hydropower station in it where they keep their precious resource and are able to dole it out to everyone on the train. But mm-hmm. it's the most dangerous part of uh, it's the most vulnerable part of the train because that's where their water resources. But it's mm-hmm. they recycle it throughout the train to, to keep it moving like that's the locomotion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of, I imagine that there's probably a waste recycling aspect to this as well. Yeah, because like I was also saying that. That's water that you yeah. can't. Yeah, you, you yeah. can't waste water like that. That's just not something. Yeah, I'm so I'm saying, saying like it
2: powers the train, it also powers the hydroponics on the train, okay. and mm-hmm. it's it receives energy from the storms.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. so let's so uh, let's go ahead and and do one of the things that Kaiser asked us to do, and let's go ahead and design one of our own trains then. Neat. So mm. if, if the way that you're saying this, Daniel, is that we, I would like to have a massive train, like several, I, I would say probably two stories tall, or let's go three. I'm going to say three stories tall, this train.
2: I'm cool with All that. Right.
0: All right. Are uh, we making one
2: train? Is that the idea? Well,
0: yeah. Yes. The part of the prompt was we'll, we will, we d- will, we will specifically design one of these trains. Okay. So I'd like to, I'd like to design one of the bigger ones, you know, like rather than one of the small scrappy ones. Nah, fuck that. I want something that's going to have height and girth to it. So I'd love to design something that is uh three stories tall. And, and also I like the idea that you, you have Daniel, where there is like some kind of, uh, aqu- essentially it's like an aquifer that's built into the train that's using and recycling water in some way i think that's actually a really interesting aspect to the idea
2: as well yeah it's basically a way for them to keep their precious resource with them i think
0: as much as possible And, and like i said previously i think the Because if we're coming at this from rails, no one's coming at you from the sides, right? Right, right. Unless there are Uh, train
1: crossings, which I guess would be like the most dangerous parts of the Wow.
0: Actually, that's kind of interesting and cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, because in my mind, right, I had this idea that the trains are coming, like the front and the back are going to be the most well-organized or well-defended parts Mm. because how else are you going to board the train?
2: Uh, actually, you know what unless you yeah, why could do something... why yeah why is that? I just don't understand. Like if I'm a raider, right? Like wouldn't I want to go to the center of the train? because
0: well, think about it this way, Daniel. The most powerful entities on the planet are these trains, correct? So mm-hmm. the trains are confined to tracks. so if if you're a train and you're trying to raid another train, you can literally only come at it from the front or the back.
2: Because, oh right, I could see that if you're right. attacking with a train, but I can imagine right. if you're like coming, I got them like I don't know on a little buggy or something. You definitely would not want to rush the front. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but 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 I would imagine that
0: it, like because trains, you know, are a big threat, that the uh-huh. front and the back are going to be the most well defended, and then the center mm-hmm. is also going to be really well defended, but in a very different way. You know, mm-hmm. I imagine that the the caboose and the and the front part of the train that I don't know the name of are essentially going to be just like bunkers in and of them. Like they are strictly mat- like military, like they are walls that people, that the military, whatever they might be, stand upon and guard. You know, whereas the, the center bits are probably a little bit more commercial. And then once you get to the center, that's also probably built a, a bit more militarized because that's where your aquifer is going to be
2: the no, the, the um sorry go ahead ready
1: oh um i was just gonna say the front and back could also be like electrified as sort of like a defense mechanism too to keep Ooh, people from that's cool yeah
0: i think the entire train could essentially be
2: electrified. yeah really. yeah, pretty much. yeah. I had a question about the rails. So because again, like I don't know anything about trains, but I, I do know some sci-fi stuff. And so I'm wondering like, are <laughs> these rails that were, that are now crisscrossing the world because as a part of whatever this environmental project was, they started putting them in place. I, I'm imagining that this, the, the, the charter to create all these rails is probably similar to like cross continental, like wires that were put in cables that are put in place to have internet go from continent to continent. Um, so, With these rails, like, are they literally regular rails or are they like, I don't know, like superconducting tunnels or are they like, are they, I feel like there's, they're not your typical rails, especially if they're receiving power from storms now.
0: Correct, correct. Yeah. They're, they're they're augmented rails in some way that we don't really have to focus on too much because that's not really our purpose right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean,
2: in designing the train though, if the rails... Aren't always say on the ground. Like, do they? If let's say they're a tunnel shaped, as an example, like that means they could cut through a mountain, or they could go up or down, which would change the way we design the train.
0: Right, but when I'm thinking about these trains, right, what's to stop humanity from just sitting inside of a tunnel or sitting inside of a mountain and becoming
2: dwarves? You know, because they need so, to be in the storms, right, to get the electrical charges.
0: Right, yeah. but you could also be my main my main issue. Is who's going to have the time to carve out a, a tunnel? Who's going to have the time? Because because part of it is there is an inherent danger to the world now, and you're going to have to be like, okay, it's going to take us a long time to dig into a mountain, essentially, right? Or because these train, what am what am I trying to say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just I- I'm picturing that I could see some pretty cool like tunnel battles like through mountains with cranes cross, uh passing each other and maybe right. in a confined it, space that'd be kind of neat I,
0: I don't see why we can't do that yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah, yeah totally i'm and just I i'm just also, wondering like oh I'm good
1: oh um i could also see um like underground tunnels or mountain tunnels being a place where like the non-train people might live like if they're oh, kind of yeah. stragglers or like um maybe they're even seen as like savage groups by the train oh, train stations
0: mm. <laughs> um, oh yeah and and so like underground and in mountains are the only place that you could really stop and like yeah fuel for a bit and like yeah. have some level of trade in some way
2: uh-huh. and then you can switch tracks like because that's different as different cities sure. come through they're, you know they're, you can pop they're in.
0: neutral ground
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm just thinking, because going back to what you're saying, like we're going to design this really huge train. So like, for example, if if these tracks go into like unusual environments or take unusual paths through the environments, you know, you could have this three story train that sidles up a mountain or it, like, I don't know, it goes underwater through a tunnel that, of tracks that go underwater. You know, there'd be all kinds of weird mm-hmm. environments mm-hmm. you could do. Sure.
0: I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with that. But I, I'm I'm just thinking of like the maintenance of an underground or an underwater tunnel right. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. is going to be extreme and more extreme because I, I think part of the conceit of the world is it's safest on these trains, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, there's got to be some inherent danger to living in a static place. And I think what Courtney said, bringing up the, um, Uh, the dust bowl stuff is probably where I'm going to go with it. So Mm -hmm. even underground, there is a potential for you to get buried in dust or, you know, a massive dust storm to come through. You don't want to not,
2: you want to be in a train because if you're not on a train, one, you don't have water because the trains are where they keep the water. And mm -hmm. two, like you're subject to all the elements, even underground, there's terrible things happening. Yeah,
1: Like those tunnels could essentially act as wind tunnels during one Uh of those dust storms. And it's like just a vortex of dust in there.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of brutal, actually. Damn. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go ahead and continue to design our train. Huh? Because I want like a three story train. That's my one mm-hmm. aspect of the train that I want to add in someone add in something else.
2: Oh, I want the train. <laughs> this our our uh, train of fiction. I was going to hate this. I want the train to be able to, um, uh i don't want to say the word transform because people are going to think transformers but i want it to be able to change its terrain mode basically
0: uh can you expound upon that a little bit
2: so like um say for example they need to get through an area that's like heavily raidable, or like it's very dangerous very very dangerous area so maybe like it can um flatten its exterior so that it becomes more aerodynamic and faster, for example.
0: Oh, so there's like a cruising mode and then there's mm. like a transport mode.
2: Yeah, or like there's an armor mode where it puts out an extra level of of plating, you know, mm-hmm. when it those is being bombarded. So I want some kind of like modes on it. Yeah, I'm down yeah, with that. I that like sounds that. dope as fuck.
1: That is very cool.
0: I mean there I imagine there's like a siege mode where it's like all right, we're we're you know we're getting raided Time to put on the plates and time yes. for the turrets to like the turrets <laughs> yes. like swing out basically exactly yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah, when yeah, they're yeah. in like stealth mode it like puts up these camouflaging plates so it seems the same color as the desert they're traveling through and it tries to make itself quieter you know
0: sure we can do something like that uh, and Courtney what would you get to you get to add in here too so we've got a three story transformer uh train what is your uh what's your add what's your addition to this
1: sure so i keep picturing um some sort of like greenhouse biodome in the center like we were talking about Mm -hmm. for the food and water source um that i mean obviously there isn't too much sunlight anymore but i imagine that when there are like glimmers of sunlight they want to take advantage of that um and harness that energy for growing food and all of that as well
0: see i have the exact opposite thing in Hmm. mind where uh there is actually too much sunlight you know like where it's basically uh well actually where where there aren't storms there is like intense sunlight oh okay yeah so we could have like a weird terrarium in the middle yeah actually that's that's a really cool idea is to have a giant greenhouse in the middle it's like this big beautiful glass gem Mm -hmm.
1: you know I mean,
2: there could be hot zones
1: like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a central park of sorts, like in the middle of the train.
0: That's exactly what I had in mind. Yeah. It's like, do you want to see the tree? Guess what? I got a place for you to <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've got these three elements. Now let's name something that is unique to our train. No other train on the planet has this but ours. What's it going to be? Let's make it really
2: interesting um i think it should be cultural um like some kind of uh sacred thing that no other train has because it's has cultural value
0: in what sense like are we talking a religious aspect here
2: sure i mean what's religion like in this world
0: um oh man i see i i was thinking it's just like some kind of weird neo christianity or neo uh-huh islam or
1: something i mean that's
2: what i loved about mad max is there were uh, overtones of um not a religion but a faith yeah like some sort of belief like Mm. they talked about um oh they said in the past people used to watch shows you know like it's kind of like having this weird like out of time feeling so like having some weird religious artifact that points back to an earlier time might be interesting
0: Courtney, what are you thinking
1: Um, I'm wondering if it could tie into the greenhouse in some way. Like, is this the only train that has a successfully like functioning and still intact terrarium greenhouse area? Like where all the others destroyed.
0: Can we, let's, let's also go ahead and tie it into a cultural slash perhaps religious aspect as well.
1: Right. Like, Um, um, could have to do with like, Almost worshiping the plants themselves or mm-hmm. um, yeah, something related to that, or maybe there are animals in there that are only in there because they've been able to deal so the only ones environment. Left. Yeah,
0: that's actually what I was thinking that, that that's actually very close to what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. it's the only train that has a zoo.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
2: that's mm-hmm. neat. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: B- because not only that it's it's a, it's a show of opulence as well. Right, where yeah. we have the resources to maintain these animals that don't actually do anything for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a luxury to have that. And I imagine yeah. that other train societies see that as like a just an an excess. Like do mm-hmm. they really need all of that? Like can't they like give us some of those animals to eat that sort of thing? Yeah. I
0: bet I bet that our train has a reputation of like decadence as a result, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, uh, where where when when animals represent extreme wealth, this is like they have. Wait, they have animals just to look at. That's what? very
2: android. Uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? Um, uh, having animals being a sign of um... yeah of of status,
1: you know. I mean, even speaking of sheep, like imagine if like wool clothing was like super expensive because this only this one train actually has living sheep that they can Mm -hmm. harvest wool from.
0: Okay. I I like that a lot actually. I, I really do like that a lot. I think that we can probably go with that. So we have the zoo train and that is that is the one unique thing about our world. That's really interesting. Okay. That's cool. Um, and, and Daniel, that ties into your cultural aspect as well, because zoos are inherently cultural. Like they yeah, say exactly. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Whoa. all right. We are like, this is be- This is becoming so interesting and fleshed out. I'm loving this. So it sounds like we've really, uh, we've, we've really done a great job in fleshing out the parts of the world that need to be fleshed out. Uh, do we have any tenets left that we need to discuss?
2: I don't think
1: so.
0: Nah. All right. So if there's no more tenets, that I think it's time that we roll on to the anchor world building jam portion of our show, where we're going to figure out a subject, whether it be an item, a monster, a place, an historical figure, an event or a cataclysm that fits in with our world. And then we have to make it an anchor in the world. It's going to be of great significance. So we're going to be rolling the subject, which is going to be an historical figure. And we have a theme surrounding that historical figure. It's going to be between tragedy, sacrifice, love, metamorphosis, pride and honor, madness and the unspeakable, triumph and hope, and treachery and revenge. And before I roll this die and figure out the theme that we're gonna be going with this historical figure. I would just like to throw out I would love for this historical figure to be the leader of our train regardless of what the theme comes out or we, can we uh what do we think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm down for that sure. yeah
0: all right cool we can we can add on to him, but I want him I want them to be the leader of this train in particular. So let's see what the theme is gonna be. Okay um okay. So kind of biting myself a little bit. We're going with madness and the unspeakable. Yes.
1: I was hoping for (laughs) that.
0: (laughs) I was like, pride and honor is an easy one. We can do that one. And then I'm like, no, no, we, uh, we got madness and the unspeakable. Mm -hmm. So this is the, this is the anchor. This is the leader of our train this is the conductor well actually it's not the conductor it's even higher than that but that's not important. So how do we want to make this happen? How do we want to, how do we, how do we want to reconcile the theme of madness and the unspeakable with our train leader
1: So I have a couple of thoughts right away. Um, one has to do with um, how the train is like basically really high class luxury but like at what cost um, is there subjugation of a lower class or how has this train taken advantage of a lot of other societies in the past? Um, the other one was, what if this guy took the, the zoo aspect way too far? And I guess this is also kind of going back to our space whales episode, but um, essentially saw the animals as like, I don't know, divine creatures in some way that or he receives guidance from them in some way. Like he's kind of, kind of lost it a little bit.
0: I like part of that. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I want to go with that. I actually do want to keep away from the, the dog made me do it type thing, because I think that's a little bit overplayed, but I do like, I do like the other questions that you're asking here. Uh, Daniel, what do you think?
2: I would say that um, if you pervert the cultural, affinity they have for the zoo that would lead someplace interesting. And that let's say it's not just about preserving um, these rare animals and the remnants of what came from the past, but there's also like a perverse sense of purity about it. Like they not only don't want to share their animals with other people, but they also don't want them to breed them and to um, like corrupt uh, the, this pure uh fragment of the past that they're holding on to so it's almost like i'm thinking like monsanto or like you know seed production that's patented and restricted like they're doing that with animals too and with the plants they have and and through controlling that they're maintaining some level of power over the rest of the world
0: Mm -hmm. okay this is gonna sound a little bit strange here but I am now thinking it, I'm now thinking of this as a reverse Noah's Ark.
2: Yeah. Where
0: instead of, you know, taking all of the animals to preserve them. So they multiply. Mm-hmm. These are the last animals that yes. will ever
2: exist. And, and that's letting ast- the world have it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And so like, rather than let those animals, you know, like populate and, and maybe get somewhere. It's like, no, we're shepherd that we're shepherding them into the, into oblivion.
2: And they're actively stealing them from other trains and other parts of the world. Absolutely. absolutely. Now,
0: the other aspect I was thinking of as well uh, is when Courtney was talking about the reverence towards these animals and, you know, an underclass. Maybe there is some kind of religiosity to it where the animals matter more than the people do. Yes, they do. Because it's their whole thing. So why not make it so it's people will suffer so the animals don't.
2: You know, right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So people get fed to the. They, in fact, in order to keep the animals fed, because <laughs> ooh, this is a, this is in order to keep the animals fed, like have to have a lot of, uh-huh. you gotta have a lot of um food to do that, and that requires a lot of energy. And how? What better way to do that but to breed humans who are meant to be feed for the animals?
0: Okay. Okay. This is becoming <laughs> incredibly dark, very fast. That just
2: really <laughs> took a <laughs> turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are but okay unspeakable. You wanted the unspeakable.
0: Okay, yeah. I get that. I get that. But are they breeding them or are they raiding others for that?
2: Mm. I would say sure. But no, no. I think they're breeding them because it is more expensive to take the risk of attacking another train just to get food for them to feed the animals when they could breed a class of under an underclass of people who believe in the faith and are willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. themselves to the feed to keep the animals who are sacred alive.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, but also, why can't we do both, right?
2: Oh, of course. Maybe, maybe sometime, maybe there's an uprising and they got to get some slaves from another train to feed them, you know, like in this case. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah. That's, oh, that is so twisted and dark. And I fucking really (laughs) appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, okay. That is fucking ridiculous. And I think that we're going to stop there for now. And roll into a twist because holy shit, that is absolutely insane. Uh, okay, we're going to roll the twist that we're going to have to reconcile as of next episode. If you want to submit your own twist to the twist list, you can always do so by sending an email to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com or by coming to our Discord or by becoming our patron. That one One of those things will work, I'm sure. But anyway, let's roll the twist that we're gonna have to reconcile as of next episode. This is actually not a twist at all, um, considering where our our our, our reverse Noah's Ark is going. Uh, the pet cat is the true head of the train, and I think that's actually very oh, easy wow. to reconcile. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, all right. And I, I mean, as easy as it is, we're going to have to roll into it next episode, next week. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go ahead and send us an email over at worldbuildwithus@gmail.com, at gmail.com or shoot us a tweet over at Let's World build, Or you can become part of our community by joining our discord. Or if you're feeling incredibly generous, you can always give us money over at Patreon. Remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together.